Today's episode of The Throwback is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answers with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download the Game Time app in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score some last minute tickets. Everybody, it is week five of the throwback. That's what we're calling it because we have the Monday show, which isn't really a week of anything because it's halfway between finishing up the last week and this week. So we will call it week five. We're getting ready for week five. It's Chris Meany at Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I am Jake Seeley at All Kid. You guys know that. We're going to get you prepped and everything before we even get into it, guys. I've got a situation I want like to discuss on the show for everybody out there because for everybody out there, this is a learning experience about your league rules and settings. And I don't know if either one of you saw me tweet about it yesterday, but I put out a poll. I'll let you know what the poll results were. But here's the quick scenario, guys, right off the top before we jump in. So I'm in a league. I'm in a league that's an industry league. So it's an industry league. We do the draft. And you know me because there was a kicker spot. I said, do I have to start a kicker? And the answer was no. Every spot has a minimum of zero. Every spot. So technically, you could put zero quarterbacks if you wanted, zero tight ends if you wanted. You could do that. So week one rolls around. I submit my nine players thinking I'm going to play nine and be one short. And I get to this site and the next page says up to 10 starters. I was like, whoa, maybe I, maybe he let us, us, you know, do that or whatever. So I go back, hit the back button, submit an extra flex, just like the flex leagues, just like my home league. You guys know this. And it took the 10 starters and accepted the lineup. The lineup was submitted. So I'm like, oh, cool. I get an extra (laughs) flex. I don't have to start a kicker. You're playing a running back instead of a kicker. Uh, so the first week was a running. No, the first two weeks were wide receivers. And then the last two weeks were Austin Hooper was tight ends. So because it's, it's an industry league, it's a little bit deeper rosters. It's not the best pickings to get a running back. So in any case, point being, did I say anything? No, because I'm not going to like, hey, guys, you can do the same. I'm thinking of it as you didn't read the rules. I did. I checked the rules. I've been in a league for everybody that out there knows I even tweeted this out. I'm in the going deep league with Mike Clay, where you start six wide receivers, three running backs, two tight ends, two quarterbacks, and then an extra flex. I didn't know till week three you could put somebody who was suspended on your IR. Did I bitch and complain that I had Golden Tate and Chris Herndon the entire time and could have put them on my IR for two more spots? No, I said, I'm an idiot. I should have checked the rules. So anyway, this all happens. Week four rolls around. Somebody in the league complains because I faced them, beat them by eight points, and they said, hey, Jake didn't start a kicker. He started an extra flex. This doesn't seem fair. We've all been starting kickers. It says, you know, this kicker is part of the lineup. And I said, well, you know, that's what it let me to do. Why would I ever think differently? Again, yes, I didn't say anything because I don't want to help you beat me because you're not reading the rules. Anyway, end result, because it's an industry league and I want to play nice, I said, fine, whatever. Take out my lowest ranked 
flex player every single week and put in my kicker Rosas, who's been on my bench and on my roster this entire time, and I'll play nice. It made me go from three and one to two and two. I think I was in the right. What do you guys think? And then I'll tell you the polls results. And what do you think in general? Because this is, in my opinion, is more about knowing the rules of your leagues than anything. It's like fantasy 101. Just know the rules, know the settings. I mean, I hear that all the time from people. It's it's almost like analysts are just trying to hammer that point home. Like, it's in every league. Like, Eric Young, he said it numerous times so far on our fantasy hockey show. Like, know your rules, know your settings, know the scorings. Just be aware of it. I could see maybe how people were bummed, but they just, again, they're just snoozing. They don't know the rules. So, I mean, this whole time, like whoever you're playing this past week and they see like, ah, oh, you know, I was playing a kicker this whole time and Jake's been rolling out a flex. I mean, it's kind of their loss. And and I also agree with you too. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of like on both sides, like I know the good in you would say it because I know what kind of person you are, but you also are competing, right, to win. Right. You're not going to try to help everybody else out to win. So uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, this this to me is more of an issue with the the commissioner that set up the settings. Yeah, like, let everyone I'm know. Sure, right? I'm sure this is not what he intended, but at the same time, that's the way he set it up. And at that point, like, there's nothing wrong with you doing it. And I don't know, you know, like you you were just asking, do I have to play a kicker? I think he was assuming that you were asking, can I roll out nine players instead of ten? And the and so, you know, just just kind of thinking about it, like from the outsider standpoint. I, I don't see anything wrong with what you did because it's within the rules. I blame the commissioner for setting it up wrong. Yeah, and so that's the, so the, the poll results, by the way, as I said, should everybody be upset? It was 81% no. The majority of people are saying what you guys are saying. You should have known the rules. And to be honest, I, I somewhat a little bit understand because to your point, Brad, is I thought the same thing about the whole nine. I, t- I just told you my very first week, I went with the assumption I was starting nine and then when the next page popped up and said you could start 10 and I went back and it let me submit the lineup, I was like, oh, Amazing. cool. What a, and by the way, it gets it gives you a warning if you try to start five wide receivers that you, you had. There's a maximum of four. So there's a giant warning that popped up when you did that. So I never thought anything of it, obviously. But so my my initial thing. So I brought this up on the all in sports podcast to Scott Bogman this week. And he said the same thing you guys did, but his thing that he's the most ticked off at is that they're rolling back my scores the four weeks. He said you should be fine and be like, all right, look, it was a mess up. It was a mistake. We need to close the loophole going forward, but I can't penalize you for finding something that was a loophole. So he says, Bilicekian, almost kind of like, hey, you win. You get your three and one record. You can't roll it back now. Yeah, I don't think you I should would, be able I would to agree with back. that, too. Yeah, yeah, same. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Certainly Boom. on the commissioner, though. It is. Like, Brad's dead on. Like, commissioner needs to be – maybe he wasn't aware of that, that you could, you know, play another flex guy over a kicker. I don't but, think he was. I mean, if he was, like, he should be – I guess you were the only one doing it. But that that kind of stuff should be right. said. You well, know, so unless you're the starts. commissioner. You're not the commissioner that exactly. sets this up right. Yeah, yeah that, that, would, that, that would be that would be a, That yeah. would be a whole other ball game if you're the commissioner and yeah. did that. So, yeah. um. What I was going to say real quick about that, too, is the fact that, you know, that going deep league is, you know, Mike Clay is the commissioner. Mike Clay is one of the people that had the, you know, suspended player in his IR. And like I said, I didn't read the rules. I didn't check. I didn't know that was a thing. I I assume most leagues didn't let you do that because that seems stupid in my opinion. But again, I didn't go, Mike, I can't believe you were doing this the entire time and didn't tell me like, hey, look, that was my bust on not figuring that out. But Anyway, so please, as we're saying, and I, that's, I, that's the biggest reason, again, why I brought it up is not so much to be like, ha ha, guys, I was right. I got you, whatever. It's just 
this is the type of stuff if you go in in advance and have either a league constitution or Chris, you know this, uh, when I sent out the email about the flex leagues at the beginning of the year, I said, Hey, this site lets you put suspended players on IR. We don't do that. You cannot put Melvin Gordon. You can't put holdouts. You can't put it. I said, you can't do that. Just so you know, everybody knew the rules were out there. So if anything else, get ahead of it, make sure everybody knows everything. So you don't run into something like this. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Just lay out the rules. Every site is different. Every league is different. It's unique. So yeah. Yeah, and like the Yahoo. earlier you yeah. can do that. Oh, yeah. It Yahoo's allows you to crazy. take questions from people too, so they can you can kind of close loopholes before the season starts. Like if someone comes up with something that you hadn't thought of, then address it before the season starts and not in week five. Right. And I was gonna say, like Yahoo lets you drop people on Thursday night football if you didn't put them in your lineup, and then even so, even though they played, you can drop them, go pick somebody else up. And you know, most sites don't do that, but that's an advantage of taking you know playing on that site. If you don't like it, to your point. Brad, you know, say something so you know, maybe somebody else notices that and brings that up. All right, so let's jump into week five of the NFL season. We're, I decided we're not going to spend too much time on Thursday Night Football because, you know, let's get a hammer out quick so people on Friday, you know, don't sit there and go like, oh, we'll start with a game. It doesn't matter. Los Angeles at Seattle. Here's the only question I'm going to bring to you guys. Jared Goff has been miserable despite throwing 500 yards. It was still a very unimpressive 500 yards for anybody out there. It's at Seattle. Seattle, we know at this point. We know it's taken care of. Chris Carson's fine. Even Rashad Penny is playing. Chris Carson's still the lead. But for the Rams, you guys, Chris, are all three back in good graces? Are we back? But it's 500 yards, so are we still really, truly back to one person's always going to be left out? And if that one person's always left out, is it Robert Woods, in your opinion? Is that what we're dealing with? I don't know. Um, you know, it was Cooks last week that was left out because they were behind so much, and I think the only completions that Goff could make were to Woods and Cup. It was the easy one. So I, I think I would start all three if I had them, but I, I honestly would go elsewhere with Goff. Like um, Kyler Murray I've seen has been dropped in leagues. Like that's a guy that I would play over Goff. I would play Dak over Goff as well, even him coming off a bad game. Heck, I'd maybe even play Jacoby Brissett over Goff if T.Y. Hilton was healthy in the lineup. So I, I would play all the weapons. But uh, I'm a little hesitant on playing golf in Seattle, if that makes any sense. But I will play. I will play the guys who I think are going to rack up a few catches, and that's definitely Cup and, and Woods. Yeah, and that, it's interesting because this is a, a scenario where you have no problem playing the starting running back. You have no problem problem playing three of the receivers, but you want nothing to do with the quarterback right now. And that's <laughs> I, I can't. You can't think of another scenario where that would be the case. It's like, oh, this you can. All these guys are startable. Then I want the quarterback in there too. And you don't really because he's not throwing touchdown passes. It's, you know, six touchdowns and six interceptions so far as that's atrocious. And and so he I mean, he's the QB 11 right now. And that's only because of the 500 yard game. So I would be I, I'm definitely out on golf, especially on the road at Seattle. Um, the one guy you cannot sit under any circumstances, Cooper Cup. He's like he is just right. getting fed every single game. I, I do agree where it feels like right now outside of that shootout with Tampa Bay, that either Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods is going to throw up a, a goose egg or close to it, and you don't know which one it's going to be. And so I'm a lot less, um, you know, a lot less confident with those guys. But I'm rolling Cooper Cup out there no matter what. See, that's where I'm. I'm mostly there with Woods. I, f- I feel like he's the one getting left out more often than not because where you might get six targets for Woods and Cooks, at least I know Cooks can turn one of those into a 30-yard play. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got more upside for sure. 
He does. And and Brad's I'm glad that you said that because that's something that a question I've dealt with almost every single week. And I'm not exaggerating in the comments of the rankings. How do you have all three wide receivers in the top 35, but you have Jared Goff at QB 15 every week? It's the same question. And every week I have to explain <laughs> what you just said. It's just it does, look, the math isn't there is if the touchdowns aren't there, they can still get their yards. And on top of that, it's such a concentrated effort. Like unlike most teams where you get a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh person getting catches, it's all concentrated to those three guys. All right. So Here's the big one of the week that everybody's excited about because there's no defense in this game. It's Arizona and Cincinnati. And this is out by uh, where you used to pitch there, Brad. Well, no, it's in Cincinnati, so it's actually closer to where you are now. So I, I pitched you in look- Cincinnati too. So <laughs> Did you? I missed that one. I missed it. I didn't, well, just I mean, on, on the road. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. No I was going to say, I don't remember you pitching for the Reds. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, just against them. <laughs> did you give up a home run? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think I gave up any Hell homers no. in Cincinnati. Hell no. So. Just the Great American Small Park. I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> uh, so uh, in this game, now Arizona is likely or is without Christian Kirk. So there's two questions I'm going to throw at you, Brad. One is, are you doing Keyshawn Johnson or Trent Sherfield if you're taking that gamble dice roll? The other one is, are we on the Bengals despite how terrible they've looked just because they're facing the Cardinals? Because I kind of feel... Like, this is a trappish game like the Redskins last week at the Giants of look at what they did. It was supposed to be such a cake-easy matchup just because of the matchup. Yeah, I I am very hesitant to start anybody in this game with a lot of confidence because I feel like it's it's that trap matchup. I would start Kyler Murray if I had him. I would definitely start Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I don't know that there's a single person on the Bengals I would start outside of Tyler Boyd, and that's solely because of, of you know what the potential is with him. Like, he may get... 10 or 12 targets in a game, even though that hasn't happened, you know, at least the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't know. I, you know, maybe Auden Tate, if you're, you know, you got some bye week issues or something because he's been getting fed the ball a little bit, um, you know, between Keyshawn Johnson and, and Trent Sherfield, I mean, I guess I go Johnson, but I, I don't know. Like I, I mean, if Christian Kirk is out, then I would probably definitely go Johnson because I think he's going to start um, and, and just get a little, a few more snaps in there. But if, if Christian Kirk does end up playing, then then I'm not sure I would try to start either one and just try to find somebody else um, and, and not worry about this matchup. Because as, as good as the matchup looked for Pittsburgh, I mean, what did Juju do against them? You know, three for 15, like Deontay Johnson was the only one. And, and, and a bunch of his points came on one play where he was open by 15 yards. So I, I'm not sure that, that this, um, this is a game I'm confident starting anybody in. Yeah, I would lead Johnson. Um, but I, I agree I, in a 12 team league, like nobody, I don't think is really going to touch my roster from these games besides, you know, David Johnson. And then you have Mixon and you're just like, well, do I, I guess I got to start him. Like, well, I think we have to mix in Boyd. Yeah. I mean, you have to, for especially sure. with no John Ross. For sure. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but I had Auden Tate in the dock a couple weeks ago. I'm like, ah, I can't uh, imagine this guy. And then Ross goes down. So it's like, mm, all right, well, 16 targets in two games, 10 catches. Like, it's not appealing, and, and it's and it's certainly risky. You're going to roll him out in a 12-team league. But I did grab him in a, in a couple spots in deeper formats. I probably won't play him. Um, but I am intrigued, certainly in, in deeper leagues and DFS. Like, he should get a lot of targets in what could be a high-paced game. But, I mean, both of these teams are just trending in, in the absolute wrong direction yeah absolutely all right so what could be the exact antithesis of this game <laughs> buffalo at tennessee because people have not given tennessee the defensive respect it deserves at least in my opinion especially look 
I was still too high on most of the Falcons last week, despite being one saying, hey, you need to worry about the Tennessee pass rush especially. So this is looking really bad if there's no Josh Allen because it's Tennessee against Buffalo and it's Buffalo potentially with Barkley. Sorry, Barkley. This is the other Barkley. This is the one that we I didn't name you after. Uh, maybe that's why she's been whiny so far is because she knows the other Barkley was getting mentioned. Uh, she's so, like, why are you talking about Matt Barkley all the time? Yeah. <laughs> He's terrific. Uh Anybody in this game outside of Derrick Henry? I, I, do you have to roll out Frank Gore, Chris? No, you don't have to. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't have to. You could, you could look for other options for sure. Uh, yeah, not a, not really interested in this game either. Low scoring, and the defense, the Titans' defense is probably the play. Them and the, them and uh, Henry, like you said. So you are yeah, back on I, the Corey Davis bandwagon after last week? Nah, not against Buffalo. I as much as what if there's no Tredavious White? Sure, I guess, but then you're just you're falling yourself <laughs> you into a to. trap. I'm just like, to, yeah, I'm baiting you. <laughs> yeah, if honestly, like I wouldn't go there. I really wouldn't. Like as much as you have respect for the Titans' defense, and everybody should. We've been talking about them for a while. It's like the Buffalo Bills is the same thing. Did anybody see what Tom Brady did in Buffalo last week? I know this game's in Tennessee, but this defense has been good for a long time now. You can go back all the way until they made the playoffs, scoring like ten points a game and losing that you know opener to the Jags barely even getting a touchdown so the defense is solid yeah i i mean buffalo's defense is is more than solid they're legit yeah and they're i mean they just completely shut down the patriots the patriots won that game because they blocked a punt and recovered it in the end zone and other than that i mean they scored one one touchdown offensively and it was brandon bolden on a random four yard run so like i they're i have no problem starting nobody from tennessee i mean i don't i don't see derrick henry being I mean, he's going to have to score a touchdown in this game because I just don't see the yards being there. And and I just it wouldn't surprise me if if everybody in this game finished outside of, of fantasy relevance. The one thing I will say, you mentioned Frank Gore. He was able to run against New England last week. He had 109 yards rushing. Um, and and that's that at least says something to me where there is a chance that no matter who's quarterbacking, it's possible because it's not like Josh Allen. Josh Allen doesn't doesn't make defenses fear him so much that like they're not going to stack a box like they're part of the reason you fear Josh Allen is because of his legs and so you want guys closer to the line of scrimmage I I I think you could start Frank Gore in this matchup but it's it's just not you know that's kind of more in like a a a desperate situation he's maybe like an uh, RB4 uh you know flex play to RB4 this week yeah you're probably dead on there he has actually had three solid games in a row now yeah, definitely has. All right, so let's roll out to the Bears with another quarterback that's not their starter. It is Mitch Trubisky against the Raiders. And what's a good matchup, definitely a terrible, the worst it can possibly get for the Raiders because that Bears defense, as my buddy texted me, has said they're really good at that defensing thing. And that's pretty much the truth. Is uh, that, That's scary on that side. But before we get to that for the Bears, can Chase Daniel potentially be better for this team, Chris? Like, like, the numbers, despite a very, 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 very small sample – we're better for balls on target and catchable passes. So maybe stock up question mark. Yeah. I, I think we were all in agreement for that on, on Monday that Allen Robinson is probably better in this offense. He reeled in all seven of his targets last week, you know, better in this offense with chase Daniel. That is, you know, Trubisky just doesn't make those throws. Heck, you know, people in Chicago, if you ask them, they say he doesn't throw to the left side of the field at all. And, and chase Daniel can at least spread it around. I, you know, I was encouraged with, 
David Montgomery at least getting 24 touches. It was certainly a, a career high for him. I know he wasn't as efficient, but yeah, I think the offense rolls a little bit better. Tariq Cohn was more involved. You know, a couple little dump-offs to him. It, it looked a lot like last season. So, yeah, there's a good chance it is better without Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think, I mean, I think it potentially at least brings a second wide receiver in or a second pass-catching option in to Chicago, you know, whether that's, you know, Anthony Miller or, I, I mean, I don't know who, I, Javon Wims, I guess, had four catches last week. Um, you know, you, you kind of hope to see Taylor Gabriel back because he showed some explosiveness before he had the concussion. If he comes back, then then I would say he's definitely playable with, with Chase Daniel at quarterback, at, at least a lot more confidence than with Trubisky there. Yeah, I think that's – it could be interesting as maybe Anthony Miller just can get relevant again. Even Trey Burton, part of his has oh, been health. Goodness, I mean, Trey maybe Burton. some – I mean, tight end is a wasteland. That would be wonderful if he became relevant again, just because we're already at the point now. I mean, if you look at week five, we're already having a discussion. We're talking about Ricky Seals-Jones off that game, and nobody even cared who Ricky Seals-Jones was until last week. I mean, we're talking about him and Witten and all the old dudes, and then, I mean, Will Disley is now inside the top ten. Like, this is – the tight end has already gone from a resurgence. Granted, there's more than we had last year, but it's still pretty ugly. So let's let's be honest about that. So speaking of tight ends – is Darren Waller the only person you feel good about? Because I still feel like, despite it being, uh, I mean, low-end RB2 for Jacobs, a barely a wide receiver three for Tyrell Williams because it's the matchup, and Darren Waller is a must-start at this point anyway, but I still feel like you have to roll those three guys out every single week just because they're getting the work, and it's a terrible matchup. But, I mean, what are, the question is, what are your other options? Yeah, yeah, but Tyrell Williams is hurt right now, so we're not even sure he's going to play this week. I thought they said so. he should be okay for this week. I think I think he's going to play. You definitely want to keep an eye on him. But, I mean, this guy's got a touchdown every single game. What more to ask for from a wide receiver that you plucked, like, wide receiver 40, 50 off the, you know, when, in your drafts and even went undrafted in some leagues. And he's had a couple tough matchups. Maybe Denver obviously isn't as tough, but he saw some Chris Harris in that game. He went into Minnesota. Yeah, he only caught three balls. One was a touchdown. So, yeah, there's definitely better options out there, but I mean, as a flex play, sure. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and there's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not, not huge on these <laughs> London games anyways, because it's, it's, you're very, oh, I was just about to tell you, you know where this game is, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and for Oakland, like think about how the, that's a two hour greater time difference for Oakland than it is for Chicago. So they had to get out there. They they immediately went there after the game in Indy. They didn't even go back to Oakland. So um, it was you know they're they're doing their best to try to get adjusted over there. And and who knows? Like I I mean I, I don't feel like any anybody on the Raiders is outside of Waller and Waller only in a PPR because I don't think the the yards and the touchdowns are going to be there this week. It wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders don't score at all. <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's true. <laughs> Also, that was what I was that was gonna be my counter argument to Tyrell Williams with what you were saying, Chris. Like, yeah. if he doesn't get the touchdown, you're getting like 40 yards anyway. Yeah, so. that's definitely the downside. That's 100 play. Okay, so for the next one, by the way, then this will make Brad happy, and I'm only bringing this up because it's gonna make Brad happy. Is despite having his best game and his best snap count and his best touch percentage. All that being said, in my column this week, I said sell on Josh Jacobs because oh. he's facing. No, no, I know. But okay. there's also with a turnaround and then buy low again because he's facing the Bears this week and then next week is the buy. Yeah. So it, it, you basically it, you'll get him you for can't cheap. use him for the next two you weeks. Get then now is the time if you want to probably get him. Like, I mean, that's cheap. Like the the owner who is 
you know, seeing Chicago in a buy on the schedule is, is looking, like you said, to, to unload them. So if you do want them for cheap and you believe, like now is probably the time. Or yeah. even wait one more week and then that does when make people me very happy, like, though. I will say. <laughs> All right, Buccaneers at Saints. What should have been a shootout? I mean, honestly, the Saints defense is the only reason they won that game because they put zero touchdowns on the board last week. So, can the Saints stop the Buccaneers' offense, Chris? Or if they finally turn like this is two games in a row, and granted, you know, it's two pretty nice matchups in a row, but did they turn the corners? Jameis Winston fixed. Oh, no, he's not fixed. <laughs> um, not at all. I mean, did you see that play in the fourth when he when he turned that ball over and he let them like, yeah, he made some nice throws to give him some credit. And there was some blown coverage like the Mike Evans one. Like, what was Peters doing? Like, he was absolutely lost. But there was still a couple bonehead plays from Winston. Like when you just like run out the clock and he throws it up, he throws that pick where Peter, I think that was actually Peters making up for it. And he ran the touchdown in. So there's some there's some mistakes still in his game. But I mean, we've. I I know Jake. You and I have said this doing shows together the past couple of years. I mean, look at the game log of the past couple of weeks from from Jameis, like three eighty, three eighty five, seven combined touchdowns. Yeah, he's throwing picks. He's got five interceptions on the year, but he is a fantasy quarterback because he's not afraid to throw it up, and he has two solid weapons in Mike Evans and Godwin that you know can turn his day into a QB one. So I actually don't mind starting him on the road in New Orleans, seeing what Dak did last week. I, I'm not I'm not overly afraid because of those two weapons I talked about. And I would start obviously Evans and Godwin. Um, but what we talked about, it's funny with the backs, remember? I know I wrote it to you guys in the chat when we were talking about Jones. Oh, Jones is the guy. Is he the guy? I don't know if he's the guy. And then Bruce Arian says, well, I'm going, you know, Peyton Barber's the starter. I'm going with the hot hand. So, <laughs> so much for all of that. But I would roll out Jameis, um, like over Goff, for example, I would do that. Yeah, I, I would go with that too. Um, I, I like, I, I really like the, the, Saints defense in this matchup, even though I just feel like it is, it is like the potential breeding ground for like a three or four pick game from Jameis. Um, number one, their, their defense is playing great. They they're at home. Um, you know, it's a, it's going to be a lot different environment than Jameis playing the Rams in LA. Like that, that stadium that they're playing in right now is very open. It's not very loud. The Superdome is the opposite of that. So um, I, I think there's a really good chance that, that this is actually a backtrack game for Jameis, even though I would still take the chance and start him over golf because I think the, the potential is there. Um, I would definitely start Evans and Godwin. Um, I'm staying away from the running back situation altogether. I, I think that's just a, a train wreck that they keep saying Peyton Barber's a starter there and Ronald Jones is you know going to get a chance if he's the hot hand or whatever. So um, I... I but I also am loving what the Saints are doing with Bridgewater. And not that not that I think he is startable, but they are just feeding Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, which is what everybody wanted in fantasy to begin with. It's like they're the only two guys who are, have any fantasy relevance at all in this team. And those are that's the two guys like you hope, like you see nine catches and nine targets for, for Michael Thomas with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Because in a couple weeks when Drew Brees is come, coming back, that just feels like it gets elevated where you all of a sudden have the same same production with touchdown you know possibilities also yeah and as we talked about on monday's show too ogumba wally's getting all the third down work anyway so yeah you could a, get a lot of play in this game yeah all right so continuing to move on here another good defense versus uh, uh defense that played a hell of a lot but you know what's funny is janoris jenkins got defensive player of the week <laughs> after we were Genoris. ripping him we were talking what happened to him he was so good a couple of years ago 
Well, it's funny because both him and the game we were just talking about, both Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins were two of the better corners in the league in week four, despite being thrashed the first three weeks. And it's just, look, this is football. This is this is sports in general. These are how quick things can change. But all right, so Vikings at Giants. Let's start with the Vikings first, Chris, because Stefan Diggs finally showed up. But there was a tweet out there, and it was just, it's not just the fact of facing the Bears, but it was any time that Kirk Cousins has to face pressure, that that's the Diggs game, and that's how you can pr- try and predict the Diggs game. Well, he shouldn't see too much pressure against the Giants, so are we back to Thielen? Because he also pulled the whole quote-unquote squeaky wheel getting the grease type of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you the, the question, one of the questions a reporter asked Thielen was, you know, did you find it difficult against Chicago to get open? He's like... No, not at all. Like, it's, that's a <laughs> shot right there at Kirk Cousins. And there was a couple shots at Kirk Cousins. And I'm in on both of these guys this week. I, I'm trying oh. to – yeah, I'm trying to buy low. I think that they'll – I think Kirk Cousins will try to get these guys involved. I, I think they'll lean on Cook still, but I, I think they'll get involved. I was surprised to see Diggs available in your flex league, Jake. Like, people are just automatically cutting Wait, somebody drop him? Yeah, he's been, he's been dropped. Don't put a claim in higher than mine. Um, or a bit higher than mine, <laughs> you, should have, you should have said anything. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Thielen, I think, could be had this week. Giants, Eagles, Detroit, Washington, KC coming up on the schedule, like I said, on Monday. Uh, I, I think, you know, they'll both be more involved. It's a good matchup. So, I mean, this is it. Like, I definitely wouldn't start Cousins. It's the same thing. Brad, you were talking about a situation where the two guys, like, hmm, maybe we like these wideouts. Like, we don't like them as much as the Rams guys. But this is the same thing. Like, I feel like Thielen and Diggs could have decent games for you. Like, not as wide receiver ones where you draft them, especially Thielen, but they could, you know, you can plug them in as two threes or flexes in these situations. But Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where, um, you know, maybe you start him in a two-quarterback league. He's not coming anywhere near, like, top 15 for me. Yeah, there's definitely better options at quarterback. But, um, you know, we, you, Jake, you kind of touched on it where Thielen, Thielen's routes, the, just the routes they typically have him run, take a little longer to develop. He was right. open multiple times against the Bears and and – Cousins even admitted like there were several throws that to Thielen that he just flat out missed, including a touchdown throw. Even if Thielen, if Thielen gets, you know, three catches for, for 28 yards and a touchdown, you feel a little differently about him this week. If, if they hit that, just that one throw. So, um, I, I am just like Jake, I am definitely in on Thielen or sorry, just like Chris, I'm definitely in on Thielen this week. (laughs) Um, I digs, I'm a little less, less in on, I guess. Um, I think, I think he'll be an okay game, maybe a wide receiver three to, to flex um, production. But I, Thielen's the one that I think, um, you know, you brought up the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I think he's going to get fed this week. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets eight or nine targets. Um, you know, if they are working on getting a connection going this week in practice. Um, but the guy I really want this week is Dalvin Cook. Like, I, I mean... It's I I think there's a chance that he's the RB one, which is not a, a big leap the way he's playing this week, but or the way he's playing this year. But you know, coming off a 35 yard week last week, you know, people may be down on him just a little bit just because of the the status of this offense. I think there's a chance he just runs all over the Giants. Yeah, he's a, he's on his way to leading the league in touchdowns. Let's be honest. <laughs> Got five Possibly. already. Yeah. 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 Um, wait wait till after the game in Kansas City when he gets three more, and then everybody will agree <laughs> with you. All right, so let's get to Jets, another team that still might not have their quarterback against the Eagles. Chris, if there is no Sam Darnold, are you still rolling out Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder because it's the Eagles? Because I feel like even with God-awful quarterback play, 
Robbie Anderson could still take one for 30 yards against this Eagle defense. Of course. All of, all of us could. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but I won't do it. I mean, I'm not going to. No? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in a situation where I own, if I had Robbie Anderson, I, I, I don't think I would do it. Um, you know, well, how maybe about this? It depends how desperate Hold you are, on. really. you got to play like Would You Rather, probably. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. you got to look at this week and some of the matchups. Yeah. In my initial rankings and maybe this is baking in too much of sam darnold or past history and stuff like that and again this is why i tell you guys work through the projections and the rankings multiple times initial spit out last last night 12 1 a.m or i guess this morning robbie anderson the 20th wide receiver in my rankings guess who's the wow. most questions i got in the comments robbie anderson. robbie anderson sure i mean 20 seems slightly high um well alan robinson with Chase Daniel behind him, Josh Gordon, Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, Alshon Jeffrey, Valdez Scantling, Sanders, Sutton. I mean, I guess you can play all of those guys, I think, hope for him. All of them? See, like, I can see making a case for them, but I don't think any of any of them are definitively in front of him, is I guess what I would say. Yeah, I mean, the matchup is, is obviously right. It really is. But, I mean, we're talking about Robbie Anderson coming off like a – I know he just played New England like a three-catch game. Like, I just don't have much faith in the quarterback play if Sam Darnold doesn't play. Um, so I think this could be actually a week that you could maybe even get real nuts and roll out the Eagles defense. Who knows? Um, but if Sam does Survivor. play, yeah, if Sam does play, I think that you can feel pretty good about guys like Crowder and Robbie Anderson. I mean, Anderson's ownership in Yahoo League, 60%. He's still hanging around there. Crowder's 45%. I think both of those guys. Chris Herndon. Uh, yeah, Herndon. A, a significant. Herndon's still suspended one more game. Is it one more? Yeah, he had a four-game suspension. Oh, yeah, because it was the bye week. week. Yeah. It was yeah. the bye week. But pick him up. And you, you, yeah, he's a great add stash. him for sure because he's going to get fed when Darnold right gets now, back. Looking Yahoo. Yeah, I think, you know, if Darnold does play, it's it's certainly a significant boost to everybody in this offense, including Val. Yeah, the only the only thing I'm leery about a little bit is, is you know, just with the condition he was in, like what's his stamina going to be? Is his strength going to be down? Even if he's cleared to play, like he's it's going to take a week to get back. They're not going to get You're talking about Darnold, right? Yeah. Darnold, yes. So. They're not going to get any help from the run game this week because no one runs on the Eagles. So it doesn't it doesn't matter to me if it's Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott or whatever. Like you you don't trust any running backs against the Eagles, you know, front seven right now. So your only hope is the passing game. And and if if Darnold isn't quite, you know, isn't quite himself yet, and it takes a little bit to get the timing back, I, I this is actually, you know, my stone cold lock in the in a in a survivor pool this week because i i think the eagles just run all over the the jets and this game ends up not even being close um i you know i definitely don't trust luke falk at quarterback i was looking at the jets depth chart just to see who their third quarterback was um you know after they lost you know it was it trevor simeon and and they have luke falk listed as the second and third string quarterback and so um i'm pretty pretty certain that they're they're gonna be hurting at quarterback if if donald doesn't play and and i just i don't want any any piece of it i wouldn't start robbie anderson i wouldn't um, I wouldn't start anybody. I, w- I don't even know if I would want to start Le'Veon Bell this week. You just got to kind of hope that he gets some dump off pass catches and, and build some, you know, compile some numbers that way. He will. I think he had like a 10 catch game a couple weeks ago. It seems like one of those games again for him this week. I think they'll be telling whether or not they bring somebody. They can't roll into this game with just Luke Falk and an emergency quarterback. Like they just, they can't go that far Le'Veon Bell's to, their emergency quarterback I think right that's what I'm saying so we I, yeah, I'm assuming by <laughs> this after yeah this afternoon or Thursday we might see a signing that'll tell if they sign somebody that'll tell us whether or not they think that Darnold has a legitimate shot at playing so on the Eagles side of it 
Uh, Brad, uh, <laughs> you have to roll out Jordan Howard. I mean, how good do you feel about it from a scale of one to ten? Uh, three. And, and you know, some of that has to do with the, the fact that the, the Jets have a pretty good defense. And as bad as their offense has been, they're, they're, they've been put on their heels a whole lot by their offense. But their defense is pretty good, pretty talented, and and especially up front. And so I, I you know, I'm not overly confident. J- Jordan Howard, the fact that he got, like, a receiving touchdown last week, and it was like they were just trying to find a way to, to prevent teams from just ignoring him coming out of the backfield. Um at the same time, Miles Sanders was really good out of the backfield too. I mean, he had 72 yards on 11 carries, had a big run, you know, at one point. Like there, I, I, I don't know. I think you can probably roll both these guys out there, and and I'm just not overly confident in either one. But you you also feel like this is going to be a pretty good game script for them, so they they may get a lot of touches. Yeah, this is it's a tough situation for sure. But I, I would roll out Howard knowing that I mean he has eleven red zone rushing attempts. It's just four behind Zeke for the lead. So he certainly is the goal line back there. We saw it last week. He had two red zone touchdowns. He's got three on the year. Um yeah, they are using him a little bit in the passing game. He's got six catches in four games. I think Brad nailed it. Like it, the game script is is going to favor them, and they're going to roll out both of these guys. It's just, kind of, it's just kind of what they do. But Howard is trending up in the right direction. Like, six carries, eight carries, 11, 15. Like, he's getting more play. People in Philadelphia are begging for him to touch the ball a little bit more. He's running hard. The offensive line is, is looking pretty good. It's just you're falling uh, – you're getting yourself into a trap. Like um, <laughs> You're waiting for it. You know it's coming. You know it it's going to be like we – yeah. You feel so good about Jordan Howard, and then boom. Yeah, and then and Cook. Sanders is is kind of <laughs> trending up too. Like he's getting into a bit of a feel. What I've noticed from the Eagles is they're just running the football a little bit more, right? They're just leaning on the line and, and running more. And Sanders is he's obviously involved in the special teams, but he also has six catches through four games. He's got double digit carries in every single game. He's just not that goal line back, so that's why I lean Jordan Howard. You know over. what Jordan Howard is. He's a freaking million dollar bill sitting in a bear trap. And it's just like, I almost got it. I almost got it. I almost got it. And then boom, snap, there goes your arm. Like, that's just like. <laughs> I've been very I mean, impressed with how he's he's ran, you know, behind that line. No, here, here's what I'll say. I'm actually not that impressed with how he's running. I'm not trying to be like, this is why, Chris. I'm going to tell you why. It's because of your team. It's because of your offensive line. Jordan Howard, coming out of college, if you go back and watch him in his entire career, what he is, he's a very good straight line, hit the hole and go type of runner. When the offensive line gives him room and gives him a big lane or gives him some time to find the lane, if he has to think on his own, yeah. forget about it. And so this is actually a really good fit. So I'm not, I don't think Jordan Howard's any different than he's ever been. I just think this is a much, much, much better team for him. Yeah, no, that makes no a lot question. of sense. Like, yeah, he's not juking guys, but he's running guys over, and I just like that. No, there is no such thing as a juke. A juke for Jordan Howard is running to a tackler. Absolutely. That's like, yeah. make a move, boop, oh, got tackled, whoops. Yeah, but <laughs> that right. touchdown last week was pretty impressive. Like, he just, he fought. It was like kind of like Christian McCaffrey, like, you know, a couple weeks ago. He fought, and that was it. Like, you know, the Eagles are used to J.H.I. taking a hit and then falling he, down. He legitimately did get too much crap for his hands. He He's he's a poor pass catcher, but he's not that bad. Yeah. Like, they, there was, uh, real quick, I'm so glad you said his name. Why I tweeted this out yesterday. Why am I getting 15 comments about picking up Jay Ajayi this week? I don't know. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. I, I can't I even answer. No like he, do, yeah, it's it's come on, it's Jay Because his so, agent some, said he was healthy, and so all of a sudden, exactly. Just like, what are you rostering point? for? Yeah. If it hasn't some happened dude, yet, and there's some teams out there who are pretty desperate, 
I mean, I don't know if it will. Giants? Giants sure. didn't even bring him in. Didn't even like, bother. That, yeah, no. Yeah, so that should tell you that. Like, I, I love the one guy on Twitter who's like, "Well, when I have twenty-five man rosters, I'm picking up anybody who could possibly matter." It's like you're picking up Calvin Johnson. I don't freaking care about a twenty-five man <laughs> roster. Like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Like, for your one percent of the league, yes, the NFFCs and leagues like that, obviously. But your typical twelve. Heck, even if your league is eighteen man rosters instead of sixteen, you're still probably not. Picking I play up on an eighteen guys. team, and I wouldn't think about them. No. Yeah. Yeah. No Scott chance. Fishbowl, maybe. Yeah, and and likely not. I got no room for him. No. My team's not hey, All right, so real, I'll give you guys a question. Would you rather stash Ajayi or Antonio Brown? <laughs> Antonio Brown. Uh, Ajayi. <laughs> because I, the moment Antonio Brown signs with somebody, he goes on the, the commissioner's exemplist. And, oh, that's a good and, point. Yeah, while they complete the investigation. At least Ajayi has an opportunity to play at some point this year. So, <laughs> touche. There you go. So, gotcha, Chris. Uh, Ravens at Steelers. Brad, uh, the James Conner, assuming he's healthy, look, people are going to have a clear uh, opportunity to come front. If there's no James Conner, Jalen Samuels is borderline RB1. We all know that. Like, But the question going forward right now is, and we discussed this on the other show, but at the same time, now James Conner, Jalen Samuels together, both healthy against the Ravens defense, which just got obliterated against the run. Do you fire both of them up like they're the Chargers? Yeah, I, I would. And I think they at least found a potential recipe for success for this team with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. Like, they're they're not going to be able to just chuck the ball downfield. Like I said, he had a couple wide open throws that he hit downfield. And other than that, it was these short little dump offs. It was like sometimes he was checking down even below the running back and going to a second running back because it was he just it's just constant. It reminded me of watching Teddy Bridgewater. And and but they have a lot more talent in their backfield in the sense that they have more than one guy. You know, the Saints have Alvin Kamara, and that's it in their backfield. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray, they're not even using right now. And the other guys, the Samuels, they they found a lot of success with him running the Wildcat with him at quarterback. And, you know, sometimes he's pitching the ball forward to James Conner. Sometimes he's keeping it himself. And, and it at least gives you kind of – it's almost kind of like the Lamar Jackson feel yeah. where, like, it, it doesn't matter. You have to at least honor the fact that he might keep the ball, and so you can't send everybody after the running back. And, and so it makes both of them relevant. And especially if he's going to get, you know, passing. You know, he had three passing attempts for 31 yards. He may get a passing touchdown mixed in just on a little shovel pass forward. So it, it's – I think you can roll both of them out. The Ravens defense the last two weeks has not looked good. Um, I, I'd like to think at some point that they have a kind of a little sit down reality check and, and they get angry and, and come back because if they do, this is a great opportunity to do it. Steelers offense is not a great offense in general. Um, they're on the road at a division opponent. This is kind of a, a gut check for them. Like, Hey, are we going to stay atop this division? Well, this one's not? at home. This is in Pittsburgh. Right, right, right. I'm talking about the Ravens defense. So I, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, yeah, gotcha. I'm nervous. Like do are, are they going to step up or are they just going to get run over again? Because they sh there's no way Cleveland should have done that to them last week. And, and they just obliterated Baltimore. And so I, I, if I was, if I was Baltimore, I would be wanting gut check. And if I'm the Steelers, like, yeah, I'm throwing both running backs out there. I'm still starting Juju because I think at some point they're going to just try to force, force him getting, you know, getting ready and um, you know, get, getting in the game, getting, you know, he's too talented to just, to get three catches a game for 15 yards like that's ridiculous yeah I, you know there was a time not too long ago where 
you know, you just couldn't run on Baltimore at all. It was just such a bad matchup. But, you know, seeing so far this season, and this is not the same Ravens defense. And even though it was against the Bengals, I was very impressed with how they adjusted Pittsburgh with their offense. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Brad. I think he can play both of these guys. And it's a great comparison, Jake. The, you know, you're talking about the Chargers and two backs. I mean, Samuels and Connor, they both touched the ball 18 times. They both had 10 carries. They both reeled in eight of their targets. So they're they're going to be involved. They're the, the offense. top two wide receivers. Yeah, yeah exactly. The <laughs> offense is going to roll through them so for sure I think you continue to obviously you continue to play Connor and if you were able to I mean Jalen Samuels was a hot pickup I know he was cut you know after pretty you know three quiet weeks but he's certainly in play as well as a flex guy is a top 30 running back definitely in P- full point PPR leagues even higher than that are you guys rolling back to Marquise Brown because I am yeah actually I'm trying to buy low yeah actually because I, last week so many people were on him and that's what you get you get that disappointment and yeah, people panic. You're gonna have those games with them. We've said that before. The, the you know the boom or bust games, but yeah, I would for sure try to try to get him. He's actually been dropped in a couple leagues. His ownership is you know, it's, I think it's like ninety. It's still like pretty high, but he's been cut. Yeah, and he had seven targets last week. Like it wasn't like they weren't trying to use him. You know, it was just short short stuff that they were hoping he could you know turn into a bigger play, and he didn't. They, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson likes throwing the ball to him. And, and so this is, and this is a much better matchup. Like the Steelers, Steelers do not have a great defense. So um, it, it could be a week where he just explodes again and, and has 130 yards and two touchdowns. Jake, you buying Juju anywhere you can? I mean, now's probably the time as well. Uh, it depends on the price. If, if I, also, oh, if I can get him for a low RB2 or RB2, low wide receiver two value, but low wide, like we talked about it, I don't think he's anything more than a wide receiver two going forward. I think, and it's probably mid level wide receiver two because it's not that I doubt the talent. I mean, it's not even to your point. What your concern was, uh, you obviously expect Ben Roethlisberger to get hurt, and you were right. Even before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt was the fact that can he handle the top coverage? Can he handle being the focal point of the defense in the passing game? And he was struggling with that, but there was still enough talent that you thought, hey, all right, fringy wide receiver one. It's just not going to be what people like. People went way overboard, top five, number one in dynasty. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that people are going. Problem. Like, it's Gaga. not the talent. It's not. The, yeah, it's it has nothing to do with the talent skill. Like Juju is unbelievably talented. But uh, see, that's the thing. Going forward, if he's going to be losing targets to Deontay Johnson, let alone the running backs, and he's not even the number one target share for wide receivers, you can't. He can't be anything more than a wide receiver too. So you got to give kudos to Brad too of Washington. Like, is this guy just droppable now? Like, I mean. A, it, the narrative is he had more gone. snaps than Johnson. I know, but they look as well. Oh, so here's the, no, he, well, no. So here's why I don't threat. throw him. Just a threat. Well, no. Here, here, I'll, I'll tell you guys the answer. Here's the truth. What is James Washington's game? Downfield, yeah. amazing ball tracker. What did the Steelers come out and do? They played the short game. There was no time to go to James. What he's not. It's not even the fact that he's not even looking at him. He's not looking at him because the plays aren't even designed for him to look at him. Like the plays to, for James Washington are basically if everything, if your first, second, and third read go wrong, and somehow the line is still blocking for you. Oh, now you can go to James Washington. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So I, now I, saw, back. I saw a random stat the other day. It was. It was it was kind of going back to James Washington in college and what his route tree was and stuff. He lined up on the right side of, of the line, every single play in college. I mean, it was like 98% of the time he was on the right side. And in the NFL, like that's, that's what the Seahawks are doing with DK Metcalf. Cause they realize that's the only way for him to have success. He's literally running every single route is on the left side. It's all deep routes. Like when he's having success, it's all on the same routes. It's just a matter of sometimes he gets open. Sometimes he doesn't. That's what I feel like that's the Steelers 
at least right now, that's their only chance for success is put this guy in the, in the situation he was most comfortable in. Let him try to get open on that side because he's not getting open the rest of the time. And, and these other guys are, and you know, even, even, you know, the, they had Nick Vanette for less than a week and he was getting open, you know, a couple times last week. And so at, at that point, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've, I've been on record from, you know, the preseason. I don't like James Washington in this offense, in, in this situation, but if they're going to try to use him, they need to do it in a way that gives him a chance for success and not trying to make him run all these routes that he's not really capable of doing. All right. We need a new game. We spent way too much time on the Steelers and the Ravens. That makes yeah, it actually so makes a lot of people happy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patriots at Redskins. Next. Here's this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, there's two questions here. Yeah. Uh, do we uh, we continue to roll out St. Michelle one, Chris? And then two, do you start anybody on the Redskins? Um, No, I wouldn't start anybody on the Redskins. Not even Terry McLaurin? I'll roll out Terry McLaurin if he's healthy. I still if will. If he's healthy, I'm playing. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. If you're in your situation, I mean, I have McLaurin in a, in a league and, and I'm starting three other wideouts over him. But yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle, it's the same old with him, right? You just hope that he falls in the in the end zone. That's all it is. He's, he hasn't been efficient. Yeah, he's coming off a game with 17 carries. He's got another one with 21, another one with 15. But if he doesn't fall in the end zone for you, you're just looking at a very mediocre game. I mean, he hasn't had over 12 points. He's not catching any balls, not getting any passes. I think Burkhead is closing the gap despite not getting on the field last week. He was dealing with a foot injury, but you know it was against a tough Buffalo defense. So I, James White is is the guy to play in that backfield, and Michelle is just you have to be in a pinch. Like for example, maybe you play Gore over him. I mean Gore's getting it's 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 almost the same thing, but at least Gore's getting a few, a few more touches and he's looked a little bit better. Michelle is just the game script fits him. This seems like one of those games where he could fall in the end zone a couple of times, but I just don't have a ton of confidence in him. Yeah. It's, I mean, we, we had a little private uh, text conversation about this, about like Sony Michelle's lack of broken tackles this year. He's creating no yards himself and, and they're not the best run blocking, uh, you know, offensive line. They're a decent run blocking offensive line. And, but he's, it's, it's essentially, if he's got a hole, he's going to get a few yards. And if he doesn't have a hole, he's getting tackled behind the line or at the line. And, and he's not involved in the passing game at all. So I, I want, you know, I, I honestly don't even roll Sony Michelle out there. I would, I would rather run out like a Matt Breida um, type player where there's at least a chance for a big play because right now Sony Michelle doesn't even offer you that. Yeah, that's, it's pretty miserable. All right. So Jacksonville at Carolina, uh, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> has made this team at least fun to a degree, but DJ Chark, you know, hey, would have had a touchdown in every single game and got it called back. So is DJ Chark officially is is he a must start every single week for you guys? I don't know if he's a yes. must, but he's he's definitely Minshew's guy. There's no question about that. He's got the deep threat too. So yeah, yeah. Denver has a really good secondary, and he he still you know was had eight targets, had a touchdown possibility. Um, that didn't even, didn't even include in those targets because of the penalty. So I, yeah, I roll out shark every week because there's massive upside there. There's touchdown upside there. He's a great athlete. Obviously this quarterback likes him and, and Minshew's better than in reality. He's better than anybody thought he was going to be. And, and it's, you know, the, the funny question I heard yesterday, like that was interesting. Like, is there a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville in 2020 when they've got all this money fed into Nick Foles and there's a chance that Minshew might be better. And with, with the year of development. And, and so it'll be interesting to see down the road, you know, what, Oh, there's no question. That, but... He definitely is. 
<laughs> yeah, and and so we've, we've already found out. <laughs> but but last week for the first time, D.D. Westbrook became relevant again. You know, at least as far as like a volume type guy, he's he's not a, a the big play guy that he was before. But he's you know five catches, sixty six yards. You can roll that out there as a wide receiver three and hope that he he gets a touchdown or maybe breaks one, breaks a tackle and and gets deep on somebody. So. Um, you know, I, I have no problem with, with any of those guys and, and in a pinch, like I wouldn't even mind starting Gardner Minshew because he's not afraid to throw the ball in the red zone. And, and last week they, he got a lot of help from Leonard Fournette, um, you know, just running all over the, the Broncos. And so, uh, it made the passing game a lot, a lot more open whenever they had to pay that much attention to the running back. I like DD too. Good call. 15 targets, 10 grabs last two weeks. He he's involved in the offense as well. And, and one thing with that's helped Minshew out is you're right. Leonard Fournette. Uh, had a good game on the ground, it's, but he's catching a lot of balls as well, right? I mean, he's this is somebody who really hasn't been involved in that part of the offense since he's been in the league, but, you know, through four games, he's got 16 grabs and 23 targets. I mean, he had 26 targets and 22 catches last year and only played eight games, but he's well on his way to a career high in, you know, in those categories. Okay, so on the flip side of things, is it officially time for Curtis Samuel to be the better option for DJ Moore? Yeah. I think we've seen it now. How far are we moving DJ Moore down? I mean, are we, is he startable? Question mark. I, I hear a lot of yes. sign. Startable? Yeah, I'm trying. I think, I mean, I think you start him, but he's, he's startable just like Curtis Samuel is. I mean, they're they're just at this point though. There's not like one's definitely better than the other. They're basically just the D- same DJ, guy. And... DJ Moore or Jarvis Landry? I would play Landry. Landry, if he's healthy, he's coming off the concussion. So we'll see if he's got a ton of targets in the past couple weeks. Landry, without Joku there. Well, because no Joku. Real quick, because uh, just for everybody out there, to Brad's point, actually, while we were been doing this show, there was a tweet put out that uh, Tyrell Williams didn't practice today at ten o one a.m. So for everybody out there, there's their update on Tyrell Williams to what Brad was talking about. All right, so Atlanta, Houston, Matt Ryan. Has also been pretty miserable this week or this year. I said this week, this year in general. And Calvin Ridley's dropping balls, Julio Jones dropping balls, everybody's dropping passes. So it's not all on Matt Ryan. He's actually been playing decently, just not the Matt Ryan of last year. But against this Houston defense, is this the time to get back on board with Calvin Ridley and everybody? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Ryan hasn't been great, but he has at least thrown for 300 yards in every single game coming off 397. He's got no run game to think about, so he's going to continue to check. And, you know, he has the second most passing attempts in the league, so that is a positive. You want your quarterback in fantasy just to keep chucking. And the defense on the other side is just is, is just as bad as years past. They can't tackle anybody. So I, w- I would play Matt Ryan if, if you have him, you know, you play him and Julio, obviously you dial him up. I think Sanu is very interesting. We talked about him on Monday. I think he, in a, in a pinch, in a tough spot, in a full-point PPR league, I think you can get by with playing him as a flex. And I don't know about Calvin Ridley. I am I'm, I'm, i don't know if I'm, if I'm well, there Also, would you play Sanu or Calvin Ridley? I would play Sanu over Calvin Yeah, Ridley. I'd play Sanu for, first, too. And, and they, I mean, they have no running game on the Falcons right now. So you, you basically just throw out Devontae Freeman's, you know, he was only only relevant last week because he had eight catches for 72 yards. Yeah. Um, basically, they were playing catch up almost the whole game. And and it was just, you know, catch the, up. The, mm. Yeah. Yummy. Um, the, <laughs> hey, the, the Titans were playing a soft <laughs> defense and it was allowing for these these dump offs underneath. That's why Austin Hooper was going nuts, too, and has been going nuts all year. All right. Um, hold on. You know, I got a question for you. This is a good one. This is specifically for Brad. I mean, you can chime in, okay. Chris. I, I definitely know nope. this is specific. This is but this is Brad's question. Devonte Freeman, Sony Michelle. Josh Jacobs, you have to start one. 
um, I'll go Devonte Freeman, and only because I think he'll be used in the passing game. But but I I don't as as a runner I don't trust any of them, especially this week with the matchups they have. Like I don't I don't want Jacobs against the Bears. Um, you know I don't want Sony Michelle at all. So I I would go Freeman just because there's a chance that he gets eight catches for 72 yards, and I don't see that out of the other two guys. Yeah, same. 17 catches he has, so that's that's why he's involved in the passing game. It's so gross. The other it's guys so are inspiring. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Awful. So yes, are you guys on board with me if you're looking for a super sneaky play this week? And look, this is sneaky sleeper wide receiver five. It's not ranked highly, but you guys know I brought it up on Monday. Kiki QT, if there's no Kenny Stills, actually helps this offense. Yeah, I think so too. And it doesn't it doesn't sound like. Stills is going to play, and what we've said about Houston, at least me watching them, like in the offensive line, you can see it. It's not good. Watson doesn't have time to throw the ball downfield. He has to get it out quick, and, and you know, that's got Kiki or Duke Johnson written all over it. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, you feel kind of bad for DeAndre Hopkins' owners because he's not even having an opportunity to get open, let alone get fed targets. You know, the last three weeks, he's, he's basically laid duds every week, and and it's not his fault. And it's honestly, I don't think a lot of it's Deshaun Watson's fault. He's just, they just don't have a chance. And and I, I said this on Monday, they need to keep their running backs in. They need to throw an extra tight end in there just to block, put put an H back back there to to pick up blitzers or whatever they have to do to, to give him just another second, second and a half of time to get the ball out and to let these routes finish themselves. I mean, Will Fuller and Kenny Stills are both deep ball specialists and they have no chance to even get 20 yards downfield before Watson scrambling for his life. And, and so I like, I I'm not in on this offense. Their defense is keeping them in games. I, I will say that I, their defense is better than I thought they'd be at, at times um, because they, you know, they lost, you know, um, Jadavian Clowney, they lost to Ron Matthew. Um, I, I, I didn't think their defense would be that good, but they're, they're keeping them in games and giving them a chance, but they're not, this is not the explosive offense we expected to see out of the Texans. And, and right now I don't really trust anybody in this offense outside. I'm going to roll Deshaun Watson out there because of the upside, but I don't trust him. Um, I'm going to roll, you know, roll Deandre Hopkins out there, but I don't really trust him either. And outside of that, I don't like, I don't really want to put anybody out there. I want to make them prove it to me first. Titans division to lose. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's anybody's division, division to lose. Yeah, it's it's, absolutely it's, everybody's. Here's a question for you, Chris, for this next game. Royce Freeman, question mark, pass catcher, question mark, five, four, and four <laughs> the last three games. Yeah, well, we've been on this, I think, since day one, haven't we? We've been talking about this. Like, he's he's had – there was one game where he had seven catches in. Lindsey had seven catches as well. I mean, look at the game log, five, four, four. Look at the targets, seven, five, six. Yeah, he's <laughs> – it's it's actually pretty surprising to see. But this and is actually last week through both backs. You, you guys know this. I, I mentioned the fact against Jacksonville is that what you do is you run power – and what they did is they essentially did, but they reversed it. They used Freeman in the passing game yeah. and Lindsay between yeah. the tackles. Amazing. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, I don't know what's like, going on. I'll never Denver. expect this. I mean, Denver is, <laughs> yeah. Denver is absolutely one of those clueless teams. Um, you know, they've had some heartbreaking losses to start the season for sure, but this is a team that struggles to move the ball offensively. And, and they just, it seems like they're just using both of these backs to try to make things happen. I mean, Sanders has been, has been quiet over the past couple of weeks. Sutton finally found the end zone a couple of times last week. Well, but, let me ask you about that. Cause we know what's going on with the chargers. I mean, and obviously if Michael, Mike Williams plays, you play Mike Williams. If he doesn't, Dontrell Emmons again, a dart throw. That's who you're hoping for a repeat of last week, but it's still a gamble. So we know what's going on with the chargers, but for the Broncos side of it, I'm going to ask you guys the question. Pat Mayo asked me when we did his ranking show. Because it's Casey Hayward, 
we got to try and guess, is he going to stay on Emmanuel Sanders? Is he going to stay on Cortland Sutton? Which do you think it is because the opportunities with the other? Yeah, I, th- I think Sutton personally. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I would, I'll go the other way. I think he stays on Sanders because I think Sutton is a little, a little easier for someone else to guard. Um, not that he's not a great matchup because of his size, um, but same Samuels or Sanders is the guy that that is super shifty. He's a lot tougher to cover, and maybe you're better off putting him on Sutton and then double teaming Sanders. That's that's probably the the answer for how to how to stop him because Sanders is not like a Since super. Deshaun Hamilton threat. week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might. Who knows? Like, he, I mean, he had he did have five targets last week and 57 yards, so there's a there's a chance, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't honestly like either one of them in, in this matchup, but the Chargers defense overall has not been good outside of their game against Miami. So, um, the, you know, the, they've been really bad against the run. Um, you know, Marlon Mack just trucked them in week one. So I, I would say, um, that, you know, I have a lot more confident in the Broncos running backs this week, both of them, than I, I would be any of the receivers. So. Speaking of receivers, are both the Packers wide receivers must starts? Assuming what we think that Devonte Adams is out. Yeah, I would I would play both of them, but I mean I I wouldn't be shocked if they if it was disappointing out, outcome from them. But the volume is going to be there. The target share is going to be pretty thin between two of those guys with Adams out. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I lean Dallas Geronimo defense. a little bit more than MVS because of his touchdown upside. Yeah, the Dallas defense is good. Um, they're, and, and they're always better at home too. And, you know, statistically over the last couple of years, it's been that way. So, um, I, I am not a huge fan of any, anything Green Bay related in this game. I mean, you, you kind of have to play Aaron Jones because if Jamal Williams is out, at least if, if he's assuming he's going to be out this week, then, you know, Aaron Jones is, is basically the only guy they have back there. I mean, they're, they might run Geronimo Allison out of the backfield like they did one time last week, but <laughs> that's, that's their only, their only, uh, you know, option at running back. You know, you maybe Maybe we get to see Dexter Williams on the field this week, if, you know, if he's active. And I, I, I assume he would have to be active if Jamal yeah. Williams is out. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I thought you were going to stick with the, the wide receivers, and I, th- I thought you were going to say maybe we get to see, like, uh, Darius Shepard or Jake Kumaro the week. Oh, <laughs> Kumaro, just, everyone's uh, yeah. favorite Kumaro, yeah. Rodgers <laughs> so loves him. Give, yeah, bananas. Could oh, you imagine if Janice God. was still on this team? People would be losing their damn minds right now. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet. I don't want to call anybody names out, but he, they had said Kumaro was going to be like he would have more fantasy points than any rookie wide receiver in this class. It's like, man, just like drink the green Kool-Aid by yourself. Oh, my God. Like, and don't put yeah. that out in public. Lemon lime Kool-Aid, <laughs> green and yellow. Gross. Ugh. Like all, all right. Darwin so Williams, truthers. So two more questions before we get out of here. The Packers have been abysmal against the run and backup running backs are putting up numbers against them. So Tony Pollard, if you're in a pinch. Mm. I mean, <laughs> now, not for me. Could you, now, could you have met more on that? Yeah, no, <laughs> I couldn't. It made me sick. I almost threw up. No, I can't do it. Can't do it. Like, it's just, yeah, there's I mean, just way too much risk involved. There. Zero, zero touches last week. So I'm, yeah, I'm not. Well, so it, to that point, I wrote about it. Hey, I'm bringing it up and I'll be the one to say, I put him in as a sleeper if you're desperate because that game I'm kind of thrown out because it was 66, 65, and 68 plays their first three games, just 54 against the Saints. The Saints just, just ruined that game. So I'm not, I'm not putting a lot into it. I'll tell you this. I'll play him as, like I said, desperation. I'll play him over like a, a Giovanni Bernard, an Adrian Peterson, a Gus Edwards. Like, I'll play him above those type of guys. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I don't actually mind Gio 
just because of what's happening with that offense and they're they're lacking guys uh, to throw. But no, I mean, we already covered either way, like people. they all they're all brutal. Like we're not they're all, they're all terrible. Yeah. They're all trash. Oh, you I, know who we didn't even bring I up before we get to the Peterson last game? Over him, I will say that. Nah, not against the Patriots. F that. I mean, Geo caught <laughs> well, four balls Frank, Frank last Gore week. just ran all over him, though, and at least he's going to be the starter. Like, you know, you're talking about playing a backup over another team's starter, and and I don't even a, think a I don't even him. think you can call Adrian Peterson a true starter at this point. He's only a starter by name. Chris Thompson's been getting more work. Geo will have more touches than Pollard. I mean, he caught four balls uh, last week, six six targets. That. Like, there's no one in that offense now. Uh, I don't Who are they know about the that. Ball to? We'll we'll check that on Monday. I'm kind of interested. Peterson, in the Peterson will too. I mean, he had 11 carries last week, even though he's not like they were just trailing, so they used Chris Thompson out of the passing game, and they're pr- it's probably going to. I don't care about week, touches. But... I care about production. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Washington's putting up a big fat zero. All right, you guys can month. take both of them. I say Tony Pollard outscores Geo and Adrian Peterson. You guys can both take it. It'll be a two for one okay. against me. Uh, real All quick, right. we did talk about it with the Bengals. Nobody. Can... I'm assuming somebody is going to do it in your leagues. You're gonna. Try the Tyler Eifert going against the Cardinals, <laughs> or CJ Uzuma, or what? Like, yeah, run out whatever Bengals tight end you can find. No, you no, it's not. It's not Uzuma. It's Uzuma. Uzuma. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not. I don't. Even, that's not how you pronounce it. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Um. Right. Sure. Again, not a lot of guys in that offense. I mean, five targets, two catches. Oh, you got to be pretty you, desperate. You, you have to be pretty desperate. Three for nine. Three receptions for nine yards the week that Tyler Eifert got a touchdown. I just, ah, oh, it's so gross. It Talk about gross. math. There, there is, I mean, Eifert, we know what he is. He's a touchdown guy. He's, he's never been like, oh, like seven, eight catches for 80 yards. He's always been like. No, but the, I mean, at touchdown. least the touchdowns were usually coming with like 40 or 50 yards, not nine yeah. on three catches. He's set up to have <laughs> his best that game. That was a though. Jerome Bettis game. Yeah, he is set up to have his best game in terms of just the matchup and the fact that nobody is hanging around in this offense anymore besides Boyd. But yeah, again, yeah, you have to pa- be pretty best desperate. Best game in the past couple of years. I don't. I didn't even have him ranked as a top twelve tight end. Come on, I know. I know Brad's silent over there because he's itching to talk about this game. Let, let's get to it and wrap things up. Oh, it's the Col- I can't wait. <laughs> it's the Colts <laughs> at the Chiefs Sunday Night Football. So I'm going to go to you first, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> One survivor pick of the week. I think it is. Uh, yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, them or Philly, one of the two. Uh, yeah, Philly, if Darnold doesn't play. I'm if sure Darnold doesn't play, yes. you have to take okay. Philly. Yes. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. you know, there's going to be more opportunities to use KC down the down the stretch than there will be for Philadelphia, I think. There's a lot of people that already used Philly, so that might be yeah. something you can't it's do. Possible. But anyway, so, all right, here's the second question. And the Colts offense, one, is let's just obviously as of today, Marlon Mack starts. If he doesn't. No Marlon Mack. What do you do with the backfield? Do you care about anybody besides T.Y. Hilton and the receivers? You have to because the Chiefs can't stop the running game. They haven't stopped anybody Man, Chris, in the you running sound game. Like Brad. The it's, he's excited. Oh, Let him go. Go, go, go ahead. Sorry, you're sorry, excited. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, I was teasing you. Hey, you. I was teasing you. I said you're so excited to talk about this game. We're going to Chris first. I was teasing you. Like that's why. I said, but go ahead. You. Keep going. Yeah, no. no, I just say like it, it, I would definitely if Marlon Mack didn't play, I'm starting Jordan Wilkins in a league that I have him because. I feel like at least against a running game, you're not going to get a better matchup. The the Colts are going to try to do what they can to control the ball in this game. That's how you, that's your only shot to beat the Chiefs. That's what the Lions did against them last week. That's what the Ravens did against them the week before is control the clock. If you're going to give the Chiefs the ball, you know, on three and outs all the time, they're going to just shred you. And that's, you have to put them on their heels a little bit. And the way you do that is the running game. So yeah, if, if, if Marlon Mack plays, I start him. If Jordan Wilkins is the starter, I'm starting him because there's, 
there's an opportunity there for a, a lot, especially, you know, a, a red zone touchdown. The Colts can still move the ball, um, you know, even without a lot of running game. They proved it last week. They still threw for 265 yards and three touchdowns. So, and the Chiefs, they, you know, they it'll be interesting to see what their defense is like this week because they get Mo Claiborne back from the suspension. It'll be his first game in Kansas City, and we'll see if he helps shore up their secondary just a little bit. You just hear the twinkle in his voice, so how fired up he gets, and I love it. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. I'm excited. Uh, you know what? I If I had to choose between one of the two, I think I would go Hines because of his, his involvement in the passing game. And, I, and yeah, you could say that all you want, and, that, and that's the game plan for every team against the Chiefs. You want to run the football, but how much success are they really going to have with Wilkins and Hines, even against the Chiefs' defense? I don't think a, a whole lot, to be honest. Like These two have been in situations before as early as last season. They were both given plenty of opportunity when Mack was sidelined, and they didn't do a whole lot on the ground. I, I think Wilkins could have more success than Hines on the ground, but I would play Hines in the simple fact that he could just catch seven or eight balls easily in this matchup he caught six last week they're going to be down they're going to be throwing ty is not going to be 100 percent. there's just nobody else really to lean on in this offense so i think hines could come away as is a guy who maybe double digit fantasy points in a full point ppr league is probably doable there you guys starting to marcus robinson or me cole hardman i would start robinson over hardman but i mean it's the chief's offense i have no problem playing either of them yeah it's an upside like i've got to start robinson yeah in a league this week where I lost Devontae Adams, assuming Adams didn't play this week. Um, I'm plugging Robinson in as a, as a wide receiver three. I, I will say this. If you look back in history, Patrick Mahomes uh, on, and not that he's not been good in day games too, but in prime time, he has lit it up every single time. Like this could be a four or five touchdown game really easy, especially coming off a game where he threw for zero. Like this could, could be the Patrick Mahomes show this week. So I, I want every piece of the passing game as, uh, possible in this matchup. Jake, what's your Jake? What's your take on these Colts backs? If there's no on Mac. the backfield, if there's no Mac. I still think it's going to be more Jordan Wilkins, just because I don't think Naheem role, Naheem Hines' role changes. Like just because yeah. he doesn't get the line of scrimmage passing game work that people were hoping for, because it's not just Paris Campbell; it's Paris Campbell and Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal and Deion Gain, and like it's just wide receiver by committee, yeah. and it's just everybody plus. Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. It's just where are you going to get Naheem Hines' opportunities? And that's the thing is if you, if there is no Marlon Mack, I don't think Jordan Wilkins is Marlon Mack. Don't get me wrong for everybody out there. But I think he steps into the role a little bit more. Like I would almost say I would probably go back and look through my projections, but I would guess Naeem Hines would probably see like a 10 to 15% increase. So it wouldn't be enormous. It would just be a slight uptick for everybody out there. And, you know, it, of course the appeal of Naeem Hines is similar to like the Tariq Cohen and stuff like that. You know, you can take one pass and juke a couple guys and be gone on a big play. But the downside is that, you know, three catches, yeah. 17 yards and, you didn't do much in the running game because he's not going to be that involved in the running game. I think there's more upside with Himes. Just looking at the game log last year, like, honestly, like, he only had two games with double-digit carries, like, 11 for 78, 15 for 45. But he had a ton of games, like, nine catches, seven catches, nine catches, I just think it's a different catches. team. It is a different team, obviously. Obviously, it's Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> is, is a game plan definitely changes from Who's, this time by the last way, year. But I think Jacoby Brissett, I wrote about this this week in a sell-high is Jacoby Brissett is on the efficiency level of Russell Wilson right now. Yeah. Like, he, people don't realize that. He He's 
Almost like a game manager. Reminds me a little bit of Alex Smith. Like, but throwing Russell to... Wilson touchdown game manager. Like, yeah. that's why I'm like, sell high. Like, well, I could be yeah. wrong. He could be the next Russell Wilson. And this whole time of learning and everything, you know, this whole, he was so eager to get better and practicing and practicing and practicing, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he is the new Russell Wilson. And if so, without the running upside, he still doesn't run that much. Uh, but maybe he is. And if so, I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm selling everywhere I can right now. Yeah, I think you just got to give a lot of credit to Frank Reich and the system. Yes, and, and was... he's, he does give you a little bit of a rushing floor too. I mean, you have five carries last week for 19 yards. Like, there's there's at least a yeah, but it's not quite Russell there. Wilson. Sure, yeah. sure, it's not. And he's, I mean, uh, I mean, is, are we going to go cliche and say he's the poor man's Russell Wilson? Like, he's available on almost every no, single no, no, no. waiver wire, and and <laughs> you can you're getting good version. production out of him right now again, and going against a bad defense coming up. He's Russell Wilson light. Like, you know, like with L-I-T-E, like, remember, that was the nice way of saying we we don't want to disparage them. So I'm with you. He's nice. He's good. He's just not quite as good. Like D.D. Westbrook, he is Antonio Brown light. Actually, he might even be (laughs) Antonio Brown plus because he's not a psycho. So that might even be a better thing. Uh, Anything before we get out of here, guys, you want to throw out any tidbits we didn't get to? No, uh, we didn't talk about the Giants' offense much. We we kind of skipped over them with the. Well, I mean, what is there to really talk about? It's four people. The end. I mean, you can well, talk about we, it. If you we want. get Golden Tate back this week, and and I'm at least curious, like, where your take is on him. Like, where does he slot into that receiving core now? Um, you know, because, well, we covered that on he... Monday. That's why. Okay. I mean, I'll, I, I'll, I... I'll recap. I'll recap. What I said is like the reason I think Shepard and potentially it all is relative in what you're going to get. But I said, uh, I'll repeat it for everybody that might not have heard that show and for your point. Uh, I think that Golden Tate and Shepard are potentially both sell highs because, and Evan Ingram, we don't know what's going to happen. Look, yes, Evan Ingram could stay being a top three tight end. Actually, he is number one right now for people that don't realize. He's the number one tight end on the season right now ahead of Kelsey. Kelsey hasn't played, you know, obviously to the level we expect. Kittle's had a game off, but he's the number one tight end right now. I would sell high on all three, depending on what you can get. If I can get top 30, for Shepard or Tate, I'm selling because somebody, just in my opinion, I could be wrong, but in my opinion, even without Saquon Barkley, and then Saquon Barkley is coming back, I don't see Daniel Jones supporting three people in the passing game. Somebody is getting left out, and I can't tell you who it's going to be. I wish I could. I think it's Shepard because he's going to be playing outside, but if it was Tate, it wouldn't surprise me. If it was Ingram, it wouldn't surprise me, but that's why that's how I feel about this team. I feel like one's going to be left out. It's very possible. I think Ingram's locked in. That's what I'll say. I think Ingram's yeah, locked in. I just don't Ingram's think he's top. I don't think he's locked into top three. That's my only thing. Like over, oh, like tight end? or t- Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree. I don't think he's locked in as a top three, but um, like I think he's the guy in that a, offense. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll put this five. to you, you guys. There's a lot of people out there that have Ingram who were able to pick up Waller or pick up. Uh, who is the other one that a lot of people are picking up? Not Disley, because I want to trade Ingram just to hold on to Disley. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of who the other one that is that I'm getting a lot of questions as. But oh, Andrews. Andrews. So Andrews, if yeah. you're I somebody mean, with like Ingram, Andrews, too. or Waller, you know Ingram's going to get you the biggest return. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but hang on to him till week seven because he plays the Cardinals then, and then you can trade him after that. <laughs> That's a long time <laughs> to wait if you need help now. Yeah, but before that, he <laughs> plays New England. So <laughs> that is true. That's next week. <laughs> enjoy that god i'm trying to i'm trying to sell wayne Coleman so fast uh, anyway <laughs> listen to chris meanie on all the stuff including this pick show hockey podcast with eric young and the hockey stuff is out on the site by the way it, just a reminder if you're listening to this in the free verse it's the athletic.com name of the show slash the throwback and you get 40 percent off the site brad ziggler's at brad ziggler 
he'll entertain you more than I do on Twitter because I just get annoyed with your questions. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a call kid, <laughs> although I really do. Uh, the, the comments, hey, like if you, it's all, all kidding aside, if you want to guarantee almost a 99% guaranteed an answer, you put your comments into the sections of the articles and I, you guys get priority. So there's your, there's your priority of why you should sign up for The Athletic. You get your question answered. But in any case, we'll be back on Monday to recap all this madness. So good luck this week. We'll catch you guys later.